Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. And my secret. Yeah, he has. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right, not too bad. Um, I've got two special guests here today, and, and they're not usually in the same room together, or they, they have only been in the same room together, um, uh, well, it's in the same virtual room, uh, sort of once or twice, I think, in the history of the show. But uh, we've got... Uh, uh, Toppy Smelly, and we've got Nick Goodman. Hello, Thank guys. You. Hello. A, a veritable both... hamper of, of guests. <laughs> yes. Well, you've both been on the show many times, but not not uh, don't often get the chance to have you on together. So uh, yeah, it's great. Um, but we're going to sort of have a bit of a, a nostalgia, not about any particular genre, more about in about, more about eras, I think. Um, but um, let's run the theme music, and when we come back, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get talking, and we'll explain to the listeners what, what we're going to be talking about. Run that theme music. It's time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond, Bob Chandler, the shy daddy. He's not that shy. was a pie and then i hatched out of an egg okay bring the mic over he's ready to record it's the quiet ones you've got to watch you know what babs but then boy he's not all that shy is right Fly me governor it's the shy life podcast if you thought that was bad just listen to this oh i can't wait i can't wait for it to begin it's the shy life podcast <laughs> Okay, we are recording. <laughs> and we're back. Yes, right. So we're going to sort of talk about the, mainly things we remember from the sort of 70s and 80s. And, and we're hoping that it'll generate conversations and comparisons across the pond. And and and, um, and I'll be I'll be somewhere in in, in the middle um, because I you know they're. they're there are bits I don't remember of the seventies, but um, we should probably start though, because both of you uh, were were technically, well, you know, not not technically, you were <laughs> really <laughs> alive in the sixties, but um, at Toppy for a little bit longer than Nick, but um, uh, I, I wasn't. Is is are there things that you particularly remember, like sort of just about growing up, um, or be, or or anything you remember, like in Nick's case, from from that you can say is definitely from from that period, from the sixties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to start there, do you? So, <laughs> um, um, you know, there's without question one of the things I remember just because it it was so profound at the time um, is uh, the first. Uh, walk on the moon. I was going to uh, say, I wondered Atlantic. if you remember that. 
Yeah, um, my father was, you know, like all into it. He just thought it was fascinating. And, you know, just being a, you know, I don't know what I was, six years old, I didn't get the full meaning of it, but it was fascinating nonetheless to be watching those uh, black and white pictures from the moon. And um, so, you know, I mean, every everyone was watching it, everyone. And um, so that was kind of a big deal. And my favorite toy at the time was uh, Major Matt Mason, uh, <laughs> which was uh, a guy in a spacesuit. And um, and that was probably one of the era's biggest toys. Mm. Uh, although there was also Billy Blastoff. <laughs> but that's another toy. Um, so I definitely remember that. I have a lot of memories from school because uh, that was the start of school. School, walking to school. I remember, remember so well all my all the neighborhood kids I um, that we ran around with, and and that's really when kids ran around without any supervision because nobody thought twice about letting you roam throughout the neighborhood. Absolutely. And so we did, and um, um, so I remember. I have just tons of memories that. Um, of uh, playing games and, and all sorts of things. Now, I, I can't remember if you said that your your are your memories of Dark Shadows from repeat showings later on, or do you actually remember anything from? from oh yeah, was, yeah. You remember it when it was so, on TV? I'm I'm guessing in late '67 is when I started watching mm. it, um, and I I mean I vividly remember because this. I wasn't even going to school yet. I wasn't even in kindergarten, okay? <laughs> um, and so I was home at that time. And how in the world I found it, I, I don't remember. But once I found it, I was glued to that every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and, you know, I uh, I still remembered scenes um, that that eventually I saw again, you know, 30 years later. On video and said, "I remember that." Because <laughs> um, I, I remember, I remember Doctor Who from about the age of six, which which is sort of a, a, a decade on um, from that. But Doctor Who was always a family program, so it was. I think Dark Shadows is probably uh, scarier than Doctor Who because it wasn't. They must have known that younger people were watching it, but it was. It wasn't made as a sort of family program, particularly, was it? Well. They caught on that um, they're, they're, the audience for all soaps back then were, were women who worked at home. Mm-hmm. And Dark Shadows was no different. But once the, the really creepy uh, paranormal stuff started happening, it caught on quickly with young mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I bet you it's an example of one of the only soaps that had children like me like mm-hmm. huge numbers of, of children watching it because it was so bonkers nutso and it really felt scary yeah. i mean it was, was i mean it really seemed scary and it was attractive to me for that reason it was so cool to spend that one half hour just being <laughs> what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah i think um I think it's a shame that we didn't have it in in the UK, really. But uh, uh, when you th- when you think 
there was nothing like that at all on on Doctor Who was probably one of the only um, sort of scary sort of shows on on prime time. Mm-hmm. But, um, and even the, the the way the show can look very hokey today, and like very um, a little broad minded. But at that age, you take everything very seriously. So every plot twist was like, yeah, mm-hmm, and <laughs> totally into it. And, and it was, and the thing I like about, about Dark Shadows sort of fits, one of the things I like about Dark Shadows is that it sort of fits in with our, our chat today is that uh, the, the episodes set in the current day are, are sort of, you know, you, you get the fashions and, um, and, I always did like the stuff that was that was set in in whatever the year you know the the contemporary year. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. There's one other part that that seems distinctive uh, to me for that time, and that's usually we were sent off to bed, my brother and I, probably around six o'clock. I you know must have been sometime around then because we were just wee little kids. And uh, but I remember coming downstairs because I couldn't sleep or whatever, and sitting on the couch with my father, and he was watching the evening news. And at that time, the thing that consumed the evening news was the Vietnam War. Mm. And so I'd see lots of film uh, of what was happening over there. And uh, I was quite aware of how these kids were drafted. And to me, that was sort of like, you know, I don't want to go, but I'm, I got to go. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I grew up believing for sure that I was going to be drafted. And so. that would be, my, you know, the that's what would happen to me. And and that's just how I grew up, thinking, you know, yeah, I'm going to get drafted and I'm probably going to get my head blasted off. I really felt, I really believed that. I, I remember... Um jumping again into the well beyond where we're going to be talking about really uh, but the the gulf war uh, i remember there was a letter going around a spoof letter that i got sent by my friend lee um uh, and, and and i didn't realize it was from him to start with because it just came anonymously to my house and it basically said yes you've been drafted to to fight in the gulf war and uh, i was of the age that that wouldn't have been impossible if that i would have been the right i would have been uh, 18 or something and um uh, and uh yeah but it was a it turned out it was a a spoof letter that was uh, um you know it was, it was harder in those days though because you know if you get a letter on a bit of paper you'd have to you know you know you couldn't just print it on your computer you had to probably have a photocopy and then go down to the the place where you can photocopy it and get them so yeah it took a bit of more dedication to do a spoof like that mm-hmm. uh, well that reminds me of a memory much much later <clears throat> from 1980 and that's when my college chums and i all got in a car and went to the post office where we had to register for the draft because mm. they brought the draft back mm. and uh, or I'm sorry they didn't bring the draft back but they wanted people to register for the draft <coughs> so that if we were needed they'd already know who we were and where we were anyways so yeah I remember like it was very strange going there and like fill, we filled it all out together and um yeah, registering for the draft. Okie doke. 
Um, Nick, is do you have any memory? I know you're only in the 60s for a year or <laughs> a bit, but I don't suppose you don't expect no. you to. But uh. I, 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 when I look at the there's uh, on Facebook, there's a little picture of me, um, on pretty about the time the moon landing happened, and uh, I was obviously nine months old, and there was me and my little tunic with the puffer train and and <laughs> posing with my sister and going to Marwell. Was it Marwell Zoo? Yeah, yeah. that's right. And um, I think I've I'm not I don't think I've ever once heard them talk about and my sister talks a lot more about the past than she ever used to, which is nice because that tallies more with me. As you know, I'm cursed with too good a memory, really. I, I you know, I've, it's quite embarrassing. Um, and um, no, I, 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 as I say, I think my earliest memory is just short of that, actually, 70 I remember being very small and being on the London Underground. I remember looking up at the light. And I also remember my, I've seen, I've always told myself, I remember my second birthday, again, being very small, surrounded in uh, wrapping paper. I also remember being in a, in a pushchair and finding, and being very cosy when, on a rainy day. And I had the, the sort of um, uh, oxygen bubbly kind of <laughs> thing that they put across, you know, the, the see-through thing. Mm. That, and uh, I remember being very cosy. And just, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anything palpable in the sixties that I remember. That. <laughs> but that's interesting, Nick, because my memories begin at that age too, and mm. I just figured that's the way it was with everybody. And I learned slowly that most. Most people don't have memories at that age. No, they don't. This is it. I, my friend Louise, I, I, um, were of one of the extras we did on the DVDs with the acting, and um, I sat her down to talk about things, and she has she doesn't seem to have any memories prior to ten. You know, and I think, whoa, you know, I've got tons and tons of stuff for going back from when I was two, mm-hmm. and um, it's. I, I just, uh, yeah, it, it's weird, isn't it, when you realise that actually people haven't got that ability to kind of, well, you know, that it's it, things ha- just haven't stuck. My, my um, mum always, my mum always says, "Oh, you've got a good memory," to me, and, and I don't think I have. But then that's because I've got you as a friend who's got a much better memory well, than right. me. So, so maybe I have a better memory than my mum. Well, <laughs> one thing I will say about the sixties, though, um, uh, obviously I get a, as as we know from Shayeti podcast. Uh, my sister was born in 60, so she had her childhood right through the 60s. And she does come up with the odd thing that she remembers, um, and as well as the music that she mentions in the podcast. Um, she has, she said she remembered Myra Henley being arrested. Um, yeah, uh, she, she was a... Uh, would you call it a serial killer? I guess so. Uh, a, a, a duo of, of serial killers from the sixties. Myra Henley was. Yeah, she in she re- definitely remembers Myra Henley being arrested. She remembers. Um, well, t- there, there was a, a, a cross-purpose story here because Mum always used to say that she remembers picking Jen up from a children's party and they were watching a William Hartman episode of Doctor Who. Um, Jen late when Mum died. Jen later late said that. She was never allowed to watch William Hartnell because it was it was too scary, and she had her memory is that she was picked up from uh, a party where they were watching what was clearly Web of Fear. So um, a couple of years uh, later, yeah, and a, and and a different find, doctor. <laughs> I find that very. I find it rather odd um, that 
she was actually prevented from watching that because I don't remember being prevented from watching anything. Um, I made, I very much made up my mind what was too scary and what was not. You know, I don't remember once saying, "No, that's too frightening. You I, can't watch I, that." I don't know. My theory might be, in, and and to, Toppy's the Toppy. You're the older brother, aren't you? In, well, in no, um, nope. I'm the. Oh, you're my, the... Bro- my brother is one year older than. Oh, me. I couldn't remember which way around it was. Oh, you're you're more in the same situation. I, 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 am the older brother, so I, I think things were more strict for me than they were for my brother, um, and also because there was uh, eight and a half years between us, it was much harder to, as things were being sort of made more easy for me to then be as strict as they may have been. Yeah. But, but I was little, if you know what I mean, for my yeah, brother. Yeah, there's eight between my sister and I as well. So there, and I think maybe that could explain why she had a bit of a chip on about the way I was brought up. You know, she was always criticising my mum for not bringing me up more strictly. Maybe that explains it because, you know, <laughs> you know so she, she had a little bit more imposed on her. Um uh, because of because of that but uh, i don't remember ever um there were certain so they, they, they were they were disciplined you know you, there's certainly things you couldn't have but as far as telly goes um i think it was anything goes i mean the, one of the i was taken to see my first bond film at five i was live and let die that had several scary elements to it and oh, that's, um that's i kind of <laughs> and i found it quite scary you know not Bedwettingly scary, but you know it was, it was there was some quite disturbing imagery in that, and um, she thought nothing of it really. She, she they're very much a liberal. Yeah, I, I mean, I got, I think I got um, uh, sort of new baby clothes or new sort of toddler clothes, etc. As I was growing up, but I think I think my brother got a lot of. I think they kept. Uh, I guess they perhaps they planned to have. Um, other children sooner than they did have and so they kept all my clothes so i think my brother was wearing 70s clothes in the 80s <laughs> when, he, when he was a that. baby yeah. well i suppose, was sorry, he aware of that and did he feel like he was um, like, I'm like not, not the other children i'm not sure it would it probably would have been the really baby clothes so perhaps he, oh, yeah. he wasn't really um so aware that he was but uh, i was it's interesting that. how how um the previous child's um, the clothes or, or things evolve uh, as 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 they go down the line. I mean, I had a a a, a, a pencil bag uh, in the infant school that was made out of an old dress of my sister's. <laughs> um, similarly, she had a doll's ironing board, which can be seen in one of the photographs on Facebook. Actually, I'm using it as a drill, pneumatic drill, <laughs> to dig the 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 the, the, the pavement because I was I was one of my first passions uh because i was growing up around a developing area uh the beaches and tollgate road um i i was t- potty about roadworks i wanted to be a road worker um and you know they they even there was jerry the workman who was around the corner uh in the early 70s and he used to i think he actually put my hands on the drill one you wouldn't you'd be shocked for that these days um <laughs> I mean, you know, I was fascinated by all the gadgets and the stamper and what all different types of drill. But um, yeah, I, I used to t- I, I filleted um, Jen's um, doll's ironing board and turned it upside down and, and turned it into a drill. I used to like tractors, um, uh, there, and there was a particular way when we were drove. If you drove off to the New Forest um, and we came back, there was a particular 
side road we could go down which went past some tractors so my dad would drive that way particularly so i could see the tractors this is when i was 37 no this is when i was little um because uh, I've, I've basically lived in the same well my parents have lived in the same house since 1975 so um that's that's like so all but 18 months or so of my life my parents have been in that house i i did live in two other houses but so briefly that i can't remember them i can see photos of of me in them but i have no memory of them at all similarly uh, when we came down from bromley in this the late 60s um the beat one of the beaches wasn't actually built they were still building it um and even when we moved in they were still building the drive and um uh, we did actually live for about three months when my mum was expecting me uh we were we did live um in the spring of 68 we did live um in st mark's roundabout which is just sort of over yonder from us now mm-hmm. um so we, we 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 moved from the house and we were there in bromley throughout the 60s before then yeah um and um i was I, I did want to ask uh, come back to clothes and things later on but um i'll, I'll, I'll pro- probably leave that till we get into the the 80s more but um are, are there sort of foods or like treats and or candies that you particularly remember from the 70s that maybe don't exist now or were much more popular in in that in, in when you were growing up i could think of two right away and oddly enough they both had to do with the space program. <laughs> yeah. um, but one was Tang, mm. which was a powdered uh, oh. stuff that was orange-flavored, and it already had the sugar in it, and it was kind of gritty. Uh, you would dissolve oh. it in a cup of water, and it would be something sort of like, but not at all like orange juice. Um and that was advertised as like, yeah, this is what they take up into space, and you know, it's <laughs> dry powdered. Yeah, okay. And then there was a treat that came and went. Tang may still be with us, but this other treat, they were called space food sticks, <laughs> and it resembled what the astronauts would have, like food in a pouch, and they'd they'd eat it like kind of suck it out of the pouch to eat it well these were sticks uh wrapped i mean it would just look like a slim jim except it wasn't a meat product at all it was god only knows what was in it to tell you the truth uh it seemed doughy it seemed like it was leaning towards chocolate but wasn't really um and they advertised as this is what they'd eat in space and it's nutritious snack (laughs) <laughs> mm. Anyway, so yeah, those two things came and went. I feel like we did have some sort of powdered drink. Um, it's a soda stream. That was both sides of the pond, wasn't it? We, you didn't. You, you have. I don't think we had a soda stream, but I, I, I did. Did you have soda stream in America? Well, if you're talking about what we call, a, it's a product called a soda stream, but that didn't come around until like ten years ago. Uh, or it made your your drink fizzy. Yeah, I wonder whether in that case maybe maybe it was it was more of a UK Europe thing that got that went over yeah. rather than we, being the other way round. We had Soda Stream late seventy eight, early seventy nine. No, always so associate always <laughs> associate it with um, the sort of uh, that that winter, you know. Um, oh, honestly, it never hit here, but it became um, super popular. 
a 10, 15 years ago. In fact, like seven or eight years ago, I got my parents one. Nobody had that that here. That it was a be, big thing. That might have been the second wave because uh, I, I dated somebody who uh, about 10 years ago who got a, a soda stream, but that was very much... Uh, like a nostalgia thing, I think that he'd had one as a kid. It's a bit like a bit like um, lava lamps. Except you wouldn't want to drink a lava lamp, but but <laughs> lava lamps were very popular in the seventies and sixties, and then suddenly in the nineties they became yeah. popular again. Yeah, so old Mister Pope's um, corner shop. You remember the corner shop, Paul, from uh, uh, Harnham, yeah, uh, yeah, where my parents were. We we recently moved into the area, and uh, yeah, I definitely remember early seventy nine um, soda streams on a Saturday afternoon. Mr. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we had them, but we, I do remember like things like Corona fizzy lemonade oh, yeah. or, fizzy, or cherry aid, and you could take the bottle back and you got that's right. Yeah, how much would you have got? 5p, 10p? Well, it depended Is over that? the years. <laughs> yeah. um, that was yeah. a recycling initiative, I suppose. I'm really surprised to hear that about Soda Stream, and that's what we call it here Soda Stream. Yeah, huh. Yeah, it must be either a UK company or a Europe, European company or or something. But I always kind of presumed it came from America. It, it seems, you know, it seems like the sort of thing that would have been uh, would have been that way around. But uh, Good grief, yeah, I, I, yeah, we learned something there. What, what about you, Nick? Um, think things that like Ooh. you particularly like like foods or, Ooh, or sweets um, that you particularly liked. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, the toll, Tollgate stores um, was the the hub of everything. That was the sh- the shop down the road in Tollgate Road. Um, Penny Sweets, which everyone seems to talk about, um, chews, little fruit chews, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I always had my a, a strange name for everything. I was, you know, I was a pretty weird kid. And um, I used to call them Trevor Chews because they were tree bore. And I used to pronounce them Trevor. And there was a guy called Trevor at number five. And uh, I used to call them Trevor Chews. And, <laughs> uh, and there was... Um, I think I think that the tang that that Toppy mentions is manifested over here as space dust by the sound of it. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I I think it by by your description, Toppy. I I think it it sort of came over here and under a different name. Um, but I don't. I think I only had that once. It was it was when you tried it. There was a weird tingly thing at the back of your head. It was <laughs> most peculiar. Um, they probably ban it now you know <laughs> oh, no, 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 i don't no. know uh, but um there's sherbet d- dip dabs um i mean some of the crisps are still with us like frazzles um and um yeah corona with the the money back i remember that um there was for birthdays i used to in the 70s i used to have something called bought, bought for me called harlequin gatto um, which was turquoise. I can't remember what was in it, but I, 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 it seemed to pop up every time. There was quash, which was a squash with tropical fruit juice or green daddy juice, as I used to call it. I had white green daddy. Maybe I, had it. I, don't, I don't think it was made of um, green daddies. Um, I, 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 I don't have weird names for everything. Um, to, a certain, to a certain extent, some some sweets that were popular and then went out of favorite but then came back because there's been there's uh, yes. because of the nostalgia there there is there are certain sweet shops that will sell sort of ye old yes. 1970s style sweets oh lovely texan bars um that, that with the with the really super tough nougat mm. um and that came back in the noughties 
Um, I, I seem to remember um, finding them in a shop in Paynton and uh, saying, oh, great. Oh, they're a bit small. Um, so, but they were great. Um, Toffos, I'd miss oh, yeah. deeply. My teeth don't. And, I, and <laughs> okay. I, it would be sort of dental suicide to for, for them to come back, really. But I, I did to- Toffos were sort of, they were in a tube, um, but they, they were like smaller toffees wrapped, but then they had different flavours. So you might have a minty one or, did, uh, or well, you know the flavours more. You were still buying them into the 90s. Oh, were, I, I was still buying them in the noughties. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't for, I, I think there was, a, there was a lovely old shop in, in um, Oxford Street, uh, in the plaza in Oxford Street that sold still sold them in the noughties. And then everything, basically the plaza closed, unfortunately. And um, but no, I, I love old. Oh, I, lo- I love it when they try new things with old sweets as well. Secret but, bars. I think that was a bit later. That was sort of the nineties um, and the, pyramids, which was the eighties. Uh, sorry, yeah, eighties. There, there was everyone. Every one of our of, of our generation in the UK goes on about spangles, which were basically yeah. just boiled sweets, really, in a tube. Yes. I never liked boiled sweets. Um, I don't well, wait a minute. I need a description of this. This sounds strange. What do you mean a boiled treat? A boiled sweet. Um, it, it's a hard candy, I suppose. Uh, although I don't know what hard. Glacial. I've heard. Yeah, yeah like I've heard glacial sort of thing, aren't they? They're they're, they're, they're quite solid. You could, crunch, you could crunch them, but you're meant to suck so them. They last. When you say it's boiled, you mean it's like sugar that's been cooked yeah, and boiled. Yeah, basically, but flav- with different flavours. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you get some more famous ones like rhubarb and custard flavour um, yeah. uh, ones or, or pear drops. They're, they're, they're a type of boiled sweet. They're fast forwarding, yeah. I mean, fast forwarding to the 80s, of course, um, I used to work in Four Boys, uh, NSS, which had the all these lovely old sweets in jar in the classic jars. Mm. Um, so I, I, I used to get them out, and there was all sorts of uh, um, eye watering, no mouth watering and eye watering uh, <laughs> things. Um, so yeah, oh, what, what else was there? The people would people would go in and say, "Oh, can I have a quarter of wine gums, or can I have a quarter of um, pear drops, or something?" Wouldn't they? Uh, I mean, yeah. people say, "Do you remember Vestas?" Well. As far as I can say, they've never gone away. I've still got them. Oh, that's, that, that's the curry. Best, best yes, I, I've, I've got three in my cupboard, one of which I'm cooking up on Saturday. <laughs> I, 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 I make no apologies for that. I, I do like I do like them. They've got rid of a lot of good flavours, but uh, the beef curry one is still going strong. I, th- I think um, there, there was a particular canned drink that I like, but I think we're probably talking about uh, 1984-ish type time. Um, Quattro, which was green and sort of maybe tropical fruit yes. I, I remember i remember that i don't think that lasted very long but i did i did like that i remember i have a, I have a memory of, of drinking a can of that on a place uh, there's a place called brown sea island which is an island off of um this pool in where troby and lisa um live um and you have to get a boat over there and we we did i did some sudden park episodes over there but it's one of those places you also used to have school trips but i remember I, going there I, yeah I, I mean, my, my having... Harlem Juniors went there, but two, it was two years before I actually joined, so I actually yeah. missed out on Brownsea. But I, um, also I, Tab I, reminds me of the 70s, in particular a holiday in Southbourne in 1974. Um, so, so strongly do I associate Tab with that. I actually <laughs> found a picture online, I think it was on Facebook or something, of a Tab can, mm-hmm. and I actually um, snaffled it and, and stuck it in my... In my um, 
portable hard drive that got all the photographs from all the years and uh and i actually stuck it in the holiday album for 74 <laughs> in that in that folder you know to, just as a sort of little extra well, I, I remember i remember being on brown Shard with my tin of quattro and um a, a wasp got into the tin and i was couldn't drink it once once the wasp had got inside it but i remember being very cross because i'd only just opened the tin but i still remember that 30 something years after it happened uh, <laughs> if it's any consolation i don't uh, i would imagine the wasp didn't get out no <laughs> yeah. um at least but, you knew it got in there yes uh, that would well be, yes well, that would yeah. have been a disaster if you'd, you'd had uh, yeah food and as i say all sorts of lovely stuff um yeah do you remember there was a bar I also liked, which I don't think lasted very long, again from the 80s. And I think it probably had, it might have had a coconut layer and chocolate and maybe toffee and maybe cherries. Cabana. Like, uh, was that Cabana? A Cabana, yes, I remember yeah. Cabana. I like those ones, they were good. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they, it'd be nice to see that. You, you, you only miss these things when they're gone. Yeah. Um, mm. I used to sell mountains of this stuff and... and um, you know, I think, oh, I'd really like to see that again, you know. Um, no. I, have a qu- I have a question for Toppy, and it relates to some presents that um, Jay, uh, our friend Jay the Haunt Club, sent me. And I just want to ask Toppy whether um, whether these are bars that would have been, uh, like, have they, are they newer, newer ones, or are they ones that go back for decades? So um, I, I presume Hershey bars have been around for a long time. Yes, yes. And there's one, I've got one here, Mr. Goodbar. Um, that's got that's got peanuts in. Um, it's been around just just about as long. And and I've got one here called Fifth Avenue. Yeah, that's, uh, that, not quite as long, but probably fifties that came out, gosh. maybe the sixties. But the plain Hershey bar, uh, I think, was pre pre World War Two. Mm-hmm. That's how long that's been. Well, why are there so many? Um, uh, is it a, um, a, a long life type thing, or, or um, that there are so many that have peanuts in? I mean, they all taste very different from one another, but they are very. The peanut thing is much more. I mean, we have we have one or two chocolate bars that have um, peanuts in, mm. but 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 not as many. I mean, there are so many that have peanuts in in different, uh, different yeah. combinations. I can only think that um, peanuts really had was a staple snack um, in the U.S. And it just seems natural they would have incorporated it because peanuts were very familiar to everyone and everyone loved peanuts. And, you know, it used to be when you went to a, oh, something like a circus or mm. something fun, a fair, you know, you'd always get a bag of peanuts yeah. Um, yeah. and stuff like that. I think that's why the other... The other thing, the, the the way they kind of sold a lot of these peanut bars is by saying, now this candy bar is going to fill you up and make feel, make you feel satisfied for hours because mm-hmm. it has all these peanuts in it and it's filling. So that, you know, maybe it's just uh, big fat Americans that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just love the idea of... Uh, of gnawing on these bars and knowing that it would satisfy them for hours. I think we have, we probably have more bars with a nougat or, um, to- or sort of a toffee, like a, um, 
I don't know. We, we just don't have as many. We have Snickers, um, which was called Marathon when we were growing up. Um, and the things like Picnic, they have they have raisins and sort of and peanuts. Treats. And treats. Treats. They, they have chocolate. M&Ms. Yeah, chocolate covered. And um, Picnic. No, uh, not Picnic. Like that. Do you know the story of M&M's? No, I don't. Um, so we were fond of sending servicemen in World War II chocolate candy bars, but they would melt mm-hmm. and, and make a mess. So M&M's were invented so that you had the chocolate in a candy shell, and sure, it might get soft and melt inside, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the candy shell didn't melt. And so it would keep... You know, it would keep your chocolate from oozing all over the place. Oh, all right. I, I'm, I'm kind, I'm kind of, yeah. Uh, M&Ms are very much the sort of the uh, chocolate uh, treat that I aspire to these days because it's something you can make last a little bit longer, or you can have just mm-hmm. a couple of a couple Good. of them. And, in fact, uh, I think their slogan for years was "melts in your mouth, not in your hands." Yes, yeah. that's right. We had that over this side as well. Yeah. Um, well, the, the milk, milk, Milky Way, which is I think still going strong. That would that they had a sort of similar kind of paste um, <laughs> uh, low um, slogan. It mm-hmm. had the sweet you can eat between meals without ruining your appetite. Oh, very, okay. kind, of, kind of very teachery kind of message. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, some of them I just can't eat now because they're just too sweet for me. I find. Yes, uh, same here. Same here. Um, my, um, let me give you a, a quick list of these fun candies that we get only on, only occasionally. This would have been late sixties, early seventies, but they're very common at concession stands at parks and things. And they're, they were all a little weird. So here's some of them. I'd be curious how many of them made it over to where you guys are. One was, uh, um, this ridiculous candy necklace that you'd, uh, you'd wear on your neck, and and then when you felt like having a candy, you'd bite one off the the, the chain, yeah, which was an elastic band. Oh, does sound vaguely yeah. familiar. Yeah, we definitely have that. I don't know if I. It might have been more that girls had tended to have them because of the necklace thing, but I do remember. And I think maybe even brace, little bracelets with with candies on them. Oh, probably. The, another sort of thing was these long sheets. Uh, paper sheets that that ha- every two inches had a little candy dot, and don't ask me why anyone would want to do this, but you'd because you'd have to carry these sheets around to get the candy, and every time you'd peel one of these dots off, you'd get some of the paper, so you're always eating some of the paper too. <laughs> just just yeah. stupid candy. Did, did did I remember there was there were. Um, various cakes and things that had edible paper on their base. I remember that being That's very, right. very yeah, sort of like, paper. oh wow, I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating paper. <laughs> Ew, I, that is not something we have here. Never <laughs> heard of that. So uh, just rice a, paper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so just to go quick, these mm. stupid candies uh, that we loved. <laughs> Uh, these ridiculous tiny wax bottles that had like a, t- a thimble full of of a fruit juice in it, and then once you you you'd bite the the top off, and you'd suck the stupid juice out, you'd be left with this wax bottle that you'd chomp on and chew like gum. 
<laughs> just ridiculous. And um, oh really gosh, think. there's there's so many of these stupid candies. Um, uh, I can't think of of all of them, but uh, oh, uh, and one of a big were these things called wax lips. Oh, and so you'd play with them by by biting onto this thing you, you could hold on to with your teeth, but it was big enough to cover the outside of your lips and give you ridiculously large lips. Um, and they're called wax lips. And you'd play with it, and then you know eventually you would start chomping it and chewing it, with like a gum, which it was probably wax and paraffin and I don't know what else. And that it reminds me, actually, going back to penny sweets. Um, I back in the eighties, we we were still selling penny sweets at the newsagent I was working in. And, um, uh, and there were all sorts of weird things that they were, you know, you, you had teeth and you had all these weird kind of things. And um, my uh, a colleague took her false nails off one day um, and, and I, I very nearly sold them thinking they were penny sweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I have told this, I think I have told this story on an earlier episode, but quite a long time ago. My friend Sarah and I, who Nick later worked with, um, but but when we were kids, um, we had a little. There was a corner shop. What well, it was on the corner. It was the middle of the village. Uh, it was a post office and and its old um, sweets. And the lady who ran it was was um, like. Well, I used to go and see. I used to go around to see her just because she liked Doctor Who. And we, you know, I I, I was like a, a, five, a six or seven year old talking to a forty something year old. And and she and I, I used to think, well, you know, she's she's like a one of my friends um and because she you know she had the same interests <laughs> um and anyway we used to buy sweets like penny sweets from her shop and sarah and i decided decided that it would be a really good money-making scheme we could make invent a new type of sweet so we thought what about um like uh, a, a wine gum a, a, a little sort of jelly haribo type sweet um but wrapped in uh, a chewing gum so you chew the chewing gum and then you get this so um we decided the best way of doing that so we bought some jellies and we bought some <laughs> chewing gum and we put the chewing gum in our mouth and we chewed it <laughs> and and then we put it around the jelly when it was malleable and then we 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 thought well obviously we've had it in our mouth so we need to wash it so we stuck it in the <laughs> swimming pool the little <laughs> paddling pool in the garden and then we sort of did about and we were sort of presenting them around to i tried, went back to the shop and tried to sell them back to them. <laughs> 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 so, I, I don't think it really occurred to us that that no one would want to eat chewing gum that had been in some child's <laughs> mouth <laughs> I, I i i did um uh, delance with the idea of um sort of imagined confectionery i, I remember during the summer of 78, you know, Helen Smith and I next door, who Harry knows, um, to, uh, we were creating all these sort of uh, sweets. And um, I think there was one that you, you licked and it lit up and there was edible <laughs> goggles. Why anybody would want to eat goggles, I don't know. But um, And um, I think also I, I kind of, uh, like yourself, I, fan I, I fancied designing some, some food. And um, I, I, I came up with a banana soup, um, <laughs> which never got made because uh, I, I, had, I had the sort of the shortcomings explained to me in, in time. And I, I invented a drink called Shadja, which was an anagram, of, you know, it was a, an acronym for something and a, a, of all the things that were in it. 
And uh, my mum used to say, Shadja, Shadja, man. <laughs> but, uh, I, I've long forgotten what was in it, but uh, it, it probably was rather obnoxious. I, I, I did used to experiment a bit when, when, I, when by, by the 80s, I was kind of um, allowed to sort of, well, well, after I was probably, you know, in, in my early teens or late te- or late tens, I, I used to do a bit of cooking and uh, I invented um, these sort of, I used to, we used to have like poached egg, um, you know those molds you you have for poached eggs in in a oh, like yeah. poached egg pan, but I used to make a an omelette batter and have a, put a piece of cheese and maybe a bit of a mushroom, and then I put them in those those little round poached mm. egg things, so I'd have like omelette poached egg, but they weren't they they were sort of like little mini omelettes, I guess. Uh, well, no, that's uh, a sensible idea. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. nothing but, like the balmy stuff. <laughs> I, was I, 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 I was going to say um. Uh, one of the things I experienced when I went to America a few times about 10 years ago was going to the Orange County Fair. And I had um, some, um, some some of the, the sort of fairground um, foods, like funnel cake, um, mm-hmm. which I, I'd never had. Well, I don't think we have funnel cake over here. We certainly never did when I was growing up. Um, and and I, I, there was a store where they were making fresh potato chips, um, and, and selling them sort of hot from the 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 the, the store. Um, but Do you remember uh, they called them kettle chips. Yeah, they may have. Yes, they may, they may have done. Um, yeah, because we. Try we back with you. <laughs> the, 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 there are. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a funnel cake's a funny thing because that's made from sort of pancake dough, I suppose. Um, Basically, it's, yeah, it's it's a German thing, really. So I'm surprised you're not more familiar with them. I'm surprised it hasn't come over from Germany. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you just you just have hot oil, and you just um, the reason they're called funnel cakes is because you put the batter in the funnel, and then let it come out, and you just sort of move your hand around in the oil to make, you know, squiggly shapes, yeah, yeah. and it fries up like a, a donut. Mm-hmm. One thing my sister liked making in. Um, the 70s was something called gypsy toast which was mm. uh, which uh, i described it to ali and she says oh well you mean eggy bread uh, <laughs> basically it's it's bread egg and milk or something all cooked up and um, it's actually, it was actually quite tasty we call that french toast oh right yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously i mean we yeah. it's very common it's a common breakfast uh, if you didn't want to do pancakes you might do french yeah. toast which is yeah. exactly milk eggs you mm. you dip the bread in and then you f- put it on a griddle isn't that extraordinary it's all, 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 it goes uh, one thing goes under so many different names um, yeah, yeah. fascinating five four three two one zero all engine running liftoff we have a liftoff
Hello again, listeners, it is me, Cuthbert the Robot. I am just popping in briefly to give the boys a break, and whilst they relax for a moment we will share with you another clip from Sudden Park from the 1990s. We're following on from the edition that you heard on our last Shy Life show, approximately Sudden Park episode 550 from mid-1994. We hope you enjoy it. Some sort of big, I don't know, we've got to travel, we've got to travel somewhere to Wales, I think, or some, or I don't know, we're going somewhere, we're 
I don't know anything more about it basically. Um, but anyway, today it's Thursday, um, and uh, and just actually, he says that although it's urgent, he thinks you know there's a certain process of various things to be done, etc., etc., and uh, before that any more can be accomplished, that and the fact there's a rail strike tomorrow. But um, no, anyway, that, that fits in my plans, okay? Because uh, I had another phone call from Danny just before Robin run, um, and I'm supposed to be seeing him. Friday evening, is it Friday evening? I'm not sure. And I'm off to see Nick in a few minutes, a few minutes' time. So basically it's all go over the next couple of days. Um, I really wonder what this thing's about. Well, obviously, it looks like those glasses were related to Dr. Fellows or something you know, of that ilk. Um, I mean, I remember very little of my time when I wore them. Um, but I, I do know Dr. Fellows turned up, was, came, got men was mentioned then. So it looks like Robin's been busy researching though. Hopefully I should see him then on Saturday. Anyway, I'm going to go packing. Um, oh yes, I've decided, um, I'm going to, before, you know, I'm pretty busy for the next few minutes, well, next few hours, I can't really entertain you for very long. So, um, I got, I can't come up with, um, Something don't tell you whilst I'm being ready and packing and things, okay? I shall see you in a minute once I've got it sorted out. Yes. <laughs> Sing the blues. <laughs> Put it in the, the microwave till it's Bill with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't think I was heard that. Oh, anyway, it's, it's uh, nice to see you. Anyway, uh, nice I've to just, see you. To see I've, you, nice. I've just been showing the view. Hello, viewers. I've just been uh, showing the viewers um, the, se the segment, uh, the segment I did with Kevy in the, the film of, of the uh, of the film. 
Oh, right. Um, keepsake. Yes, yes. I, I hope they liked it. I wanted to show them, see what they thought about it. See if they thought it was worthy of going amongst the other Worthy, <laughs> yeah. You know, worthy of going yeah. amongst the, the other two, the scripted ones and all that stuff. Oh, well, I know. See what they thought. Well, they haven't the script ones haven't come along yet. Well, well, no, no, later on. Yeah, they were all good. It'd be interesting to see their reaction. Yeah. What was it you were saying about. You were saying that Elaine had suggested that as we hadn't got a director for Tide of Freedom, that she should conjure up Keith so that. It's not right to conjure up the dead. Well, although this isn't actually. I mean, obviously, Keith's body is. Put it bluntly, he's, he is buried and gone. Yeah. But this this form of, of Keith is conjured up from our mem- memories, and it's not, and it's mm. really not natural. Soul. Yes, yeah, so, sort of like that. I don't really know what the official term. It's not something I've come across before. It's not a ghost. It's not a. But um, but anyway, it's just not. It's just not. No, he's he's mm. gone. And it's not good. Do you think we can talk talk around? I don't him? know. I really don't know. I mean, she doesn't. Uh, apparently, she's because you took. George down to Weymouth, didn't you? I did. There is a chance that um, we can unpersuade her. Because yeah. um, I'm doing one of the days of recording for mm. Tide. Mm. I'm doing the, the Friday. Yeah. So it's possible that I can, I might be able to get to do the rest. Because mm. Elaine's doing that Friday one. Yeah. That's Friday. Yeah. But we, but no, and um, you know, we might be after. Well, I don't think it's natural. I really don't. No, think I, don't, I don't. I mean, it's affecting her relationship with George. I mean, I don't know if they've spoken since. I mean, you have George in my life, didn't you? Mm. He's having a holiday down there. Yeah. I really don't know what how the situation is. She's married to George for goodness' sake. She can't. Oh, I don't know. It's. Uh, I, she had Gavin by George. Yeah, well, she's supposed to be. Yeah, it annoys me. It really does. But um, is she supposed to be? She's supposed to be. Yeah, she's supposed to be pregnant. Is it possible? Right. For. for She's obviously know. very confused. For, for, for people to have delusions, I don't know. Well, we've seen, we've seen. I mean, we've seen. Key, I mean, it can't be a delusion because we've seen it. We know it's. Re- oh, I notice you've got still got your ring. Yeah, uh, I mean, are you having any problems with that still? I, I really still go- can't get it. I'm, I'm really getting- worried. I mean, it's been on there over a year. Yeah, I'm really going to have to do something about that. I promise. When we've got this over and done with, I'll try and get rid of that. Because. Uh, yes. Anyway, I'm supposed to be popping in seeing, seeing um, Danny tomorrow before oh, I go right. off to. Um, did I tell you about my secret mission I got with Boyd? Well, I don't know much about it. Robin, Do you tell me about your secret mission with them? I don't know much about it. Robin. It's, um, well, we're supposed to, I'm supposed to be meeting, after I've seen Danny tomorrow, I'm supposed to be going to meet Robin. And we're going to some mysterious location in Wales. It's all to do with Dr. Frozen, Sutton Park, and it's all very mysterious. I don't know much about where we're going, but um, I get the feeling that it's uh, rather eerie and strange. Hello again, listeners. It is me, Cuthbert the Robot. We hope that you enjoyed our sudden park clip. Time to get back to Paul and Nick and Top P for more chatter about the past. Goodbye, now. Talk to you again soon. Kiss. Kiss. Kiss exclamation.
going to ask about going back to clothes, and maybe this takes us into the eighties. Um, did did either of you ever have um, like a, a, any sort of embarrassing what what you would now look on as embarrassing clothes? Like, um, uh, did did you ever wear flares? Did you ever wear? Um, or did you ever grow your hair long or have a particular style of hair? I, I know the answer a bit with Nick because I knew yeah. that, but... <laughs> As far as growing my hair long, I, I think the, the only time I remember my hair being long in the 70s was uh, when I was about one. There's a picture of me looking out at the window and, and I've got middle curls. Every time the hair got long, even into my 40s, uh, my mum used, oh, you've got a load of curls starting up. And I thought, that's what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> Um, and um, but no, most of it was either. Well, first of all, there was a lady over the road called Sheila Parker who used to do my hair. Um, then, sort of in the mid seventies, um, a rather masochistic, um, greasy-haired, um, bad-tempered fellow uh, down in Milford Street who hated kids. I was always going off to the races, uh, and uh, yeah, and it was a very basiny kind of. Um, basic, um, I don't know if it would call them short back and sides, but it wasn't very inspiring. Clothes-wise, um, I'm not quite sure whether to be embarrassed or actually wish they'd come back, but, um, uh, oh, oh, nylon, um, what they got, roll neck sweaters. Oh, yeah. uh, I absolutely live, or busy jumpers, as I used to call them. Um, I, I've, I absolutely lived in roll neck sweaters. I, did, I had a, one for... Well, if you see any picture of me in the 70s, you know, the chances, are, especially school photographs, there's a white one in 73. There's an orange one in 75. Um, you know, I, I've, I seem to have a, a, a polo neck sweater for every occasion. And they, I lived in them. They were really useful. Um, if they come up with a slightly more. I, I don't think I'd like that so close to me anymore, but. It, it was very useful garment. It probably, it would look dated if I put it on now. Flares-wise, I was probably worn them without even knowing. I, I was sort of always in cords more than flares. I, I, I was I was wearing a lot of cords in the seventies of um, various dubious colours. Um, but but I I also sort of I, I don't think either Nick or I I think I could probably speak for you. You can you can um, confirm or deny, but I, I don't think Nick or I ever sort of. I, mean, I don't know if Salisbury people do it, or or what's we didn't do it. We, people we, do it. We, 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 we didn't we, we we didn't sort of have a rebellious period where we pierced our ears and and uh, wore makeup and wore uh, you know put ground on on sort of outrageous clothes. We I think we were very conservatively dressed, really, just sort of yeah. jeans and t-shirts. I, I mean, I should have got a slightly more progressive hairdo in, this, in the 80s. I think it would have been a, a massive contributor to my love life if had I done that. <laughs> um, I, I, it was pretty sad. Still going to Mike Bedford in Endless Street um, in the well into the 80s. And really, I should have gone my own way. It was the early 90s before I actually got a decent hair haircut. You knew, knew, first knew me, Paul. Yeah. In yeah, fact, you can, you can actually see... In the really, really early Sutton Park episodes, you can actually see I've had an epiphany with my hair because <laughs> uh, uh, it, it actually looks pretty groovy by 94 and um, <laughs> 92. Uh, I, um, I, I definitely, you can see, uh, reversely, you can see that I 
tried to give myself uh, my own, a haircut during um, late 92 where, um, and I've cut my fringe too short and the rest of it is sort of <laughs> I, look like, I look like I've escaped from space 1999 or something like that. <laughs> Um, but you, I, you look at you look at those episodes and you think um, um, you know, I think what the hell was I thinking of with my hair or what I was wearing and then you then you watch an episode a year later and thinking why that was great shirt why did I get rid of it <laughs> um, and you, know, you kind of it has a it, it swings aroundabouts really you know um, I think the only time that I really was into a particular. Um, trend the fashions were so subtle that that you wouldn't have noticed because when Britpop was big in the 90s everybody who liked that sort of music was just wearing t-shirts and jeans and maybe a leather jacket or it, it wasn't anything that stood out as being sort of rebellious. A lot of people grew goatee beards in the in the mid nineties, including I, ourselves. Yeah, which is that's the first time that I uh, mine came and went a bit throughout the nineties, the and then sort of hasn't hasn't left my face since the early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> but I I I could have done with just a little bit. I maybe I mean I remember I was I was going out with. Um, a girl in Bristol that you you remember, um, mm. and she thought she said to me, "You could do with an earring." Uh, and I went, "Yeah, right." Um, actually, now thinking back, I'm a, I'd be, I look a bit silly now, um, fifty two. But um, I, I, yeah, I think she might have had a point. You know, I mean, also mm. I was at college with a a, a punk rocker. I mean, she wasn't a very aggressive punk rocker. You know, she just liked <laughs> style. Uh, her name was Vivian, funnily enough, uh, uh, same as the punk in um, yeah, the young ones. Um, although, you know, very nice girl. I'm still in touch with her. And um, she she was talking about fashions uh, one day at college. And she's and uh, this was about 86. Um, and she said, I mean, if Nick had a Mohican, I'd probably fancy him. And, of course, I was at my most impressionable then. And thinking, <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe I... Maybe this is where I'm going wrong. You know, I I I should have got gone punk. Um, I'm not sure how that would have gone down at St Martin's Church. <laughs> uh, it would have been interesting. I hadn't actually been recruited yet for serving, oh, okay. and I probably <laughs> wouldn't have been. <laughs> but uh, no, that would have been that would have been quite fun. But um, I couldn't have gone with the whole. I couldn't have. I couldn't have gone the whole nine yards with the with the whole look. Um, mm. But she was a very nice punk. Copy, do you have any um, fashion crimes to admit to? Um, yeah, my, my high school graduation photo is, is, is a perfect example because I think my hair is quite long, um, although, you know, not down to the shoulders or anything, but it was, you know, quite a head of hair that I parted in the middle. That's when everyone blow dried their hair dry. So I got to, I got to have some lift in the... Uh, and the bangs, you know, they kind of swooped up because you'd hold the blow dryer right there and power dry your hair so that it's practically standing up. And yeah, and that was a lot of hair. Uh, never thought in my life that I'd lose my hair, but of course I did. Um, and uh, then, uh, so there I am with this long hair, typically parted in the middle like so many other guys at the time. And uh, then uh, my polyester shirt, polyester tie, and polyester jacket, which if anyone had touched a match to me, I just would have <laughs> gone completely up in flames. And, you know, you, you just look at it, and uh, it, it's just absolutely hideous. 
those clothes um, and hideous in a very humorous way. I mean, it's just, I mean, the whole deal, the whole thing is, is just a big silly. The funny thing about me and hair was that I grew up with a crew cut and I kept my crew cut for years longer than was popular. And I remember finally deciding, um, 73 maybe, uh, you know what? I'm going to let my hair grow long. And I remember what a big decision that felt like. Because by that time, nobody had a crew cut, and everybody's hair was long. And I wanted to be more like everyone else. And I remember, like, oh, I'm going to let my hair grow. Oh. And, um, and then, you know, then I was just a mop top for the rest of the 70s. But, but for me, uh, and I have to say this was true with everyone I grew up with, not just me. But in this area, nobody was clothes conscious. Mm. Nobody brought bought brands, uh, unless you want to count Levi's, because that's primarily what was available. If you were going to get a pair of jeans, they were Lee's. Corduroy sometimes, jeans, mm. and, and then a t-shirt or a button-down shirt, just plain ordinary, whatever the hell people could buy. Mm. And there was no brands associated. Nobody had to have this or that. And it same with shoes, sneakers. Or just I don't know. They were cads. I boy, nobody seemed to care all that much, and I certainly didn't give clothes a single thought. They were just blah 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 blah. You know, most of them were hand me downs from my brother, for one thing. And uh, that's very I, true, I, actually, very true. Because yeah. um, I, you know, I, I remember around about the late seventies, um, there was a, a girl at school that used to beat me up for wearing. Naf clothes, and I was nonplussed. I I didn't understand what she meant. Hmm. Um, and oh, well, interesting what you were saying about crew cuts, um, because crew cuts were very big in Britain about eighty and eighty one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, uh, I I'm not quite sure what brought it. Maybe it was quadrophenia and the 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 sort of trend that mm-hmm. set because. Uh, when I went to secondary school in 1980, um, everybody, and I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, um, everybody was talking, are you a skinhead or are you a mod? So mm-hmm. I think quadrophenia had left its sting in quite substantially because that came out the previous year. So, yeah, crew cuts, everybody was had crew cuts in the 80s. I don't think I did, but then I was still going to the little fella down the road. Um, but... Yeah, they were they were very they were very big in Britain, uh, uh, sort of much later in the in mm-hmm. the eighties. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I I did the same thing because crew cuts in the eighties suddenly seemed punkish and cool mm-hmm. and avant garde, and so after years of having a mop top, I went back to a crew cut, and I never left the crew cut. <laughs> I never left the crew cut. Um, I've, I still cut my hair, but but mostly the reason I never left the crew cut was that I was going bald, and I refused to have uh, the kind of head where you, you had, like, Bozo the Clown hair coming out at the sides and nothing on top. Oh, and I dear, said, yeah. I'm not going yeah. to do that. And I said, no. yep, this is me, crew cut, the rest of my life. Thank you, the end. <laughs> In fact, COVID has actually made the, the, the whole sort of thing where we, we didn't have a um, a hairdresser for a for months on end. Um, it's made me come to a decision about the hair because it really did look. It really does look terrible when it gets long now because the um, the, 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 the 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 fringe is starting to leave, leave by the back way now. Uh, it's kind of going backwards, and and all I'm getting very thin on top. 
so I thought really I, I need a short haircut from hearing on um, mm-hmm. I really do and it, it, and is that because you you can do it yourself is that what you mean um well in the end actually uh, well we, we in, we've now got um no not quite on my own but um a friend of ours led us in clippers and Ali had a go and I thought, well, what have I got to lose? And, oh, okay. um, and to, which, with some quite good results. But since then, we've had our hair cut back um, mm-hmm. because Ali had a stroke. She doesn't actually like staying in the, the place. So we have a woman that comes to our house with all the gear. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was going to say that um, one of the advantages of having a crew cut is you can have a pair, your own pair of electric shears and just do it yourself. Yeah. With no yeah. problem. So I haven't gone to a barber, I don't know, since 1985. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, as I say, I think that's that's the way to that's the way to do it, really. But my two Ali is my wife's has two three brothers, and um, all the all the, those kids naturally go curly. Ali has resisted curls, much to my dismay. Um, but her brothers are three hulking great big lads, and they've always keep their their hair really very very thin very um uh short uh because they go curly and and they, they wouldn't feel they it wouldn't be cool to go uh you know so but no so that yeah they would go naturally curly if they were left to mm-hmm. if they left it to their own devices well <clears throat> it, it you could say it's the way to go but i was never again in fashion or you know and thought very lowly by my fellow gay men because, you know, I, I was atrocious enough to just cut my hair all the same length at a time when uh, crew cuts had long since gone through that punk phase that was pretty short and, and then became quickly unpopular again. And and then everyone, you know, part of being gay was to have this fabulous haircut. And lots of hair, but have it really sculpted and set, and just like I mean, just perfect. Yeah. And that's what all the uh, all my gay friends had, and I was looked at as something of a less than, far less than, uh, because I just took a pair of shears and went. <laughs> that's interesting because when you think about the. Uh, you know, one of the traditional uh, kind of gay looks I, I, that come to mind is the erasure uh, one with with the with the short hair. So uh, I, I, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's but usually there's a little more something to it, uh, mm-hmm. a little more sculpting, a little yeah. more. And and uh, I I was able to learn how to do some of that, but by the time I did, I, I'd lost the hair to do it with so it didn't matter anymore yeah, yeah. but but yeah no I, uh, I was just so uh, I just didn't have any sense of fashion at all oh no, no me neither I, I totally I mean also I mean again going back to some part back in 97 I was uh, going out with someone who was a lot younger than me they're still in their teens and um, there's there's an episode where we're in Hyde Park and I thought what on earth am I doing in that jumper it's yeah. terrible. It's it's got awful. What, um, what, am I really supposed to be impressing this girl? You know, I, I'm kind of I'm, 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 oh, I oh, I can't believe I wore it. No wonder I got the boot. I, I don't think I got much choice in what I wore until I started working because my my mum used to she used to like the um, the Grattan catalogue where you, so you'd 
you'd select your clothes from and it would be delivered mail order and and then if it didn't fit, it, you sent it back and ordered something else or got a different size. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah, you know, and 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 if we did shop in a shop, it would be Marks and Spencers, which is very sort of traditional conservative. So I didn't ever have anything that was uh, sort of way out. In fact, my dad hated jeans. He, I, I didn't actually own a pair of jeans until um, I. Uh, I might have persuaded my mum to get me a pair in my late teens, or um, but I was still wearing tracksuit bottoms and stuff quite a lot um, when I went to university because I, I didn't have many pa- pairs of jeans because my dad just thought that I think he he came perhaps he came from the opinion that jeans were workman's clothes and um, but the stupid thing I mean I managed to persuade my mum to get me some because living in a village I was always climbing up trees or going out and to the fields and you know getting muddy or or falling over and and and, and I, I sort of wore my school trousers and and they're not really school trousers aren't really made for climbing up trees and and they're, 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 um so, so yeah I, I managed to persuade my mum that I should have some clothes that were sort of fall rough and tum- more rough and tumble I do remember my my sister was a different matter altogether she was much more into uh, I, was, I was like Toppy I, I didn't bother with fashion at all it was just what you what you wore um but Jen was different because she was a bit older and teeny and and she was she was very much wearing the flares in the early 70s and the, the patch, you know, the, the genie kind of the, the badges, the, the smiley badges um, and the quilted uh, bags and um, she had Bay City Rollers she was into. And, and uh, when the new Avengers was big in sort of a 76, 77, she had the, the Jana Lumley hairdo. Um, and also which manifested, she would probably deny this vehemently, uh, but she she did have a, a Princess Diana um, hairdo around about 1981. She she, uh, she wouldn't thank me for saying that, yeah. but because um, she's she's not very keen on the royals. But um, but yeah, she definitely it was definitely a bit Diana-ish. And so, so she yeah, she's always she's always been the 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 one that's followed the trend. Um, but yeah, I've never never done that. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean. I, I, I'm sure there are lots of people like us who weren't very interested in fashion, but when you look at people's Facebooks, everybody seems to have crazy hair or crazy clothes, and you, yeah. you, you end up thinking, was I the only one who... But, but I think if you're in a group of people who... It's, it's, it's if you stand out as being um, the only one who isn't, that perhaps you, you are more aware of it. You know, I don't think with our group of, of, sort of um, sci-fi Doctor Who fan friends... The, the people that we did Sutton Park with, no, none of us were were style setters. We were, we, we. I uh, was I was growing cyborgs in the eighties, and yeah. um, I, you know, and I I was vehemently kind of doing my own thing, and I had a moustache and cyborgs in the in the eighties, and I just couldn't get the hint, you know, that the, the people actually this is a really bad idea. They, but they came, but then uh, they came, <laughs> and then they were popular in the nineties. So you, just yes. bit, uh, you were just a bit early. That's um, right. I, and um, the thing is, I, I noticed a lot. Everybody's boyfriend seemed to have a moustache. And I was I, in the late 80s, I was trying to grow moustaches and they just didn't look convincing on me because I was unfair. And um, it was only really when in the, mid, the, the, the big the, the, the big beard plague of 
the uh, mid nineties, <laughs> where we, we all did goatees. Even our female friends seemed to be wearing goatees. Uh, everybody was wearing goatees, uh, and um, we. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, when I had the beard with it. It was only then that it actually looked good, okay, you know. Um, but the moustache of its own just didn't work. I think if there's one picture of me where I where I look kind of cool, although I look a bit John Travolta-ish, it, it's in um, the first version of Tide of Freedom from '94. Oh yes, where you're got, very cool in that. I, I, I've got <laughs> yeah. like a, I've got jeans and a, blur, a white blur T-shirt. Uh, and a jacket, and, a jacket yeah. and, and I've I've actually got a waist, uh, not rather than a belly. Um, and and um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, the fact that I'm wearing a white t-shirt, I wouldn't allow myself a white. I'm sure that t-shirt wouldn't have survived that long. I would I would have dropped something down it within about a few weeks. Probably. <laughs> I don't I don't buy white. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I got a question. For, I got a question for you, Paul. So I grew my beard in I think '82, and I never got rid of it it stayed with me up right up to this day in more or less the same form that it is now which is very closely shaved mm-hmm. i don't have like a full beard like you do now mm-hmm. my my beard hair is is very short but anyways uh paul when when did you first grow your beard what year was it and did you ever get rid of it for a while and then come back to it or did it stay with you well, yeah, yeah. Um, it was probably '94. Um, that, that sound right? Sort of right, Nick. '94. Yes, it does. Yeah. Because I, I grew, I, I grew my, I started growing when for when we did Curious, so I grew my beard for that. Yeah. And uh, I think we, you, me, and Andy, uh, certainly, you know, all joking aside, you, me, and Andy, I think were the the the, the ones that um, got bearded yeah, first. But, but then I think I. Might have got rid of mine at, at sort of at the end of '96, and maybe I think I sort of went on and off, like had one, had it back again for. You um, had it for run fast in the world. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, it, it was around at some point in, but I think, and also I think it was in '95 because some of the. Yes, it was. Yes, it was yeah. I think it might have gone in '97, but then maybe come back in '98, and then it might have it came and went a few times, and yeah, it, and then it came. Maybe it was sorry. later '98 because. Um, that, um, it isn't in one more bow, and I'm not sure if I think it's it's back for the second tide of freedom. Mm, I had uh, a soul patch thing at one point where I say shaved virtually everything off, but left a little tuft at the front uh, under, right. the, under the lip. Um, but then I think it, I, I sort of had the goatee back. But then around the same time as I decided to stop having haircuts in barbers, I and start to do my own hair or to get. Uh, I had I had a couple of boyfriends who shaved my hair for me if 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 I needed some you know it was it's usually better to have someone help if you can but it's not always possible to get you know if you haven't got somebody around you who who's willing to help sometimes you have to do it yourself um, and and then when I so when I when I started having my hair shorter I that's when I grew my beard fuller um, and I've had that since. Um, I don't know, 2003 or or, or four as a full beard. I've never taken it off. I tend to have it short, but then grow it for a couple of months and then cut it down again. And but I, I yeah, I think I've kept it pretty much non-stop, you know, on and off since the mid 90s. But I sort of measure how the grey has has crept through my beard, and, and I don't feel that cheated because I think one of my book covers from about 2007 or 2008. 
um, you can sort of see that the grey is starting to come. But it's taken all of that time up until now to get where it is now. So I feel like a, it's not like it was overnight. It was over a period and over a decade I, from having a few grey wisps to being more grey than than not. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, I did... The, the only time I ever died... I tried to dye my beard. Uh, it, it wasn't voluntary, um, voluntary, because I don't know if you want someone held you down. <laughs> well, if you, I mean, a lot of people. I think a lot of people do dye their facial hair and their hair um, now. Men tend to, but I don't know. Sometimes it looks good, and sometimes I don't know. When women have it done, they do it tend to have it done professionally, and it's maybe it's, it's layered or it's it, it's done in a, a more fashion way. Um, but I think a lot of men probably just get a bottle and do it themselves, and suddenly their hair, which was probably lots of different shades of colour, if you looked at it, is suddenly one one jet black. It's jet black or jet brown. <laughs> or, and yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it looks. I don't know. It doesn't. It's not for fashion. It's for disguise. <laughs> yeah. No, I did the same when I started going grey. I said ee, and I got the colouring out of a bottle and used the brush and put it on. Because my beard was so short, I had to do it every other week. Mm. And I did that for me maybe three years. And then I said, you know what? To hell with this. And I said, forget it. And I did. And boy, if you've colored your hair for a while and you don't know how gray you've gotten (laughs) in those three years, I was shocked. I said, well, (laughs) there you go. That's me now. So. Um, yeah, the only time I did it, I think it was just my beard, not my hair, because I don't think my hair was had enough grey in it to me to do it. But I, I was uh, uh, my boyfriend at the time. He was growing quite salt and pepper, and he wanted to try it. He wanted to use me as a guinea pig, basically. <laughs> so he said, "Well, you're going to use this. I want to see what it looks like before I decide whether I'm going to do it." Um, and yeah, so I did have a, a, a browner beard for a few few months in sometime in the in the teens, but. Uh, um, but that, uh, I didn't. I didn't decide to do it again once it went out, and I don't think he decided to to do his um, after seeing me. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever suits you. But uh, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think um, I'm past caring now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I trying to impress? That's why I'm doing podcasts, not video uh, vlogs. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're coming to the end of the episode, I'm afraid. It's been good talking to you both. But I, I, before before we go, I wondered if there's anything particularly from the 70s or 80s that you really miss, something that, um, not not so much like <laughs> your hair or the, the things <laughs> or, or particular, uh, I don't know, things that are particularly linked to the, the, that sort of, those sort of eras that just doesn't happen now. You, you, you first, Tommy. Well, I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is my ute. <laughs> but um, of that era, uh, oh, gee, uh, yeah, I can't help but think of of just things like, oh, you know, that's when I was young and and uh, going to college and yada yada and starting out in life. Um, but a particular thing, uh, I, I suppose uh, the. Uh, you know, uh, in some ways, I miss it, although I can still see it. It is just 
the the god awful, ridiculously bad uh, one hour TV dramas that used to <laughs> populate. Uh, you know, TV has changed so much um, that if you go back and watch things from the seventies or even the eighties, it's like, good lord. Uh, this dramatic TV show just had 10 minutes of someone driving a car to some place, getting out of the car, walking into a building. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, they used to fill up time that way. Anyways, um, gee, uh, uh, I, I, I can only think of things like, um, you know, for example, you know, that's, that's when my family, my brother and I and my parents you know, we're all together, and you know, naturally, that all came to an end at some point. So it's, I'm, I'm kind of leaning to thinking about that kind of thing. I can't think of anything of the era. Mm. Uh, maybe the, maybe I could say that era is, is where my my music tastes lie, and you mm. don't really hear that kind of music anymore. So I could say that. What about you, Nick? Oh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I would say. Yeah, the first thing that speaks to mind is, like Toppy said, my youth. Um, I, you know, the, the way I looked at the world, the, the excited way I looked at the world. Um, and also my imagination. You know, I did things. This is why I did the magnetic books and the life after books and why I'm toying with the idea of bringing back something I did in the late 70s, uh, even now, something different, uh, because I had the ideas there and I had the daring uh, with the ideas that I wouldn't have now, you know, I'd, I'd just be too sensible. Uh, the, the music, the telly programs that I'm in telly, I just, I just cannot love telly now, um, as it is. Um, and the, the, the fact that we had a lot of family that's around, like, like, as again, like Toppy said, um, my uncle and aunt was still alive. My cousin, uh, and it's, I suppose there was not a lot I could do about it at the time, but my dad wasn't really a family person. And once his parents died, we never got to go to Plymouth until the nineties, really, uh, on a regular basis. Cause he just didn't like that connection. And yeah, there's just so many things you kind of realize that were good and, and you wish you'd appreciated them more at the time. Um, Adventures with friends, you know, games, the, the whole imagination thing. I think broad, more broadly speaking, the one thing I think we really have lost and it's tragic is a relationship with children, adults to children. You, there is a fear now because of fear of paedophilia and everything. That, and everything is locked down so tight that the, you, you cannot make the slightest hello, are you having a nice day kind of conversation with kids anymore. Because there is so much paranoia about that. And um, yeah, I, that whole, I, I've observed the same thing, Nick. Yeah, observed, it's, yeah, and it's tragic, I think. And we're losing that social connection with children that is going to damage them in the end. It's, it's, they're not going to be able to form that kind of easy relationship um, with people if they can't, you know, with, with older people, if, they, if there's this fear all the time. Yes, we, mm-hmm. I, I think it's it lurched too far. Um, I, you know, you've got the kids, the kids are there. We, you, you, you've got a, uh, it's just a share. I, I think, what was it? I was, what, you know, we love it. Love actually being, which I watched the other day. I mean, the, the wonderful relationship between the, the, the stepfather and the, and the kid, I thought mm. even that's gone now. That was only 17 years ago. Um, and it's just, it, 
it's just a terrible, terrible shame. It is. Um, it's a perfect example, a real short story. I was returning bottles in a machine to get my five cents back. And then in the machine next to me, these two little girls who could barely reach up and put their bottle into the entryway. Um, I just thought, oh, you know, I'm going to have some fun because uh, these little, two little girls are the perfect age to have some fun. So I pretended that I didn't know how to do it. And I said, can you show me how to work this machine? So you put the bottle in. And so I'd put the bottle in sideways and it wouldn't fit. And then you got to turn the bottle around. So I'd turn <laughs> the bottle around and around and around like this. No, you have to turn, you know. And I, I thought we were having clean, innocent fun. Yeah. I looked over at their grandmother and she was giving me the evil eye. Yeah. And she yeah. didn't like this at all. And I realized, holy shit, I guess I better stop. Jesus. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's it's an awful feeling. You know, when I when I think about um, when I moved away from the, the beaches, I, I, I went back there um, to, to see my old friends. And uh, my old friend Malcolm uh, was, you know, he was a lot older than me. He would ha- have me stay there for the day and use his house as a base. All very innocent. And, 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 and you didn't think you didn't think anything sinister of it and you know we used to again that whole thing of playing out unsupervised um that we've touched upon that was that that used to be so good and it's just and i used to go and there's a little old lady i used to go and see in the beaches too and uh, you just had that there was there, there wasn't there wasn't that paranoia um and it's an, it's really tragic that you know society can't seem to differentiate between the, the genuinely sinister and um and and something like like you were saying something wonderfully playful mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, uh, um well meant yeah i i was making these girls laugh they were having a great time yeah. trying to show me how to use they ha- they were having fun. but that evil eye mm that's a shame uh, I think um, probably doing Sutton Park and doing the the story elements of this podcast uh, are the sort of little. Um, well, actually, I think it's probably better than than make believe games that I used to have. As a you know, it's a way of it's a way of continuing that sort of um, play acting. Um, but but it's probably Sutton Park and and uh, doing it on the podcast is probably better because you get to collaborate and you get to um, have a lasting um, record of it and and you get to share it with other people. That's uh, very true. I mean, I, I one thing I you know I've got recordings from the seventies, but I wish I'd had more. And 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 there's there's a tape that um, we did, uh, Jen and I did uh, as a welcome home tape to my mum who went to Spain in 1978. We did a one for Paris, which still exists. Uh, but this one's much more, it, it has the, it's a much more honest sort of thing because I'm, I'm talking quite openly and we even have a little bit of kind of conflict there, which is, which is honest, you know, because we used to fight like cat and dog. But I, that tape almost certainly doesn't exist anymore. I know Jen had it for a while, but I haven't heard it since the 80s. And I think, oh, if only, if only. And all the silly little pop songs. I, I just wish, you know, you didn't think of it at the time, but you just, 
you just wish that you still had it. I've got a, a clip from my 11th birthday, which I treasure, and, and my friend and our silly characters, and um, and you know, it's just it's just really nice. One mm. one, la- one last um, little question: um, What's better about 2021 that that compared to the 70s or 80s? What what do you really like about now that we couldn't have done back then? For me, I can say, um, you know, I, I used to have someone in my life, a, a partner, uh, and and it, that had some good things about good things about it. Um, although it was it was good that it ended when it did, but uh, I guess my um, what I enjoy most is making my own decisions and being independent and not having to depend on others and. Uh, you know, uh, I, I suspect if I had been doing podcasts when I was in a relationship, I would get a lot of disapproval. I would have gotten a lot of disapproval. Like, you know, you're spending so much time in that. Why are you doing that? And, and, and it, it, it would have been completely crushed. Any, any ambition I had had in that time would have just instantly been snuffed out because I wouldn't have wanted to rock the boat. So... I'm grateful for my independence and I can do what I damn want. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to have done what we do this very recording. And, and we, and, and uh, we, we would never have met you Toppy, probably uh, and being for yes. the internet and for p- podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true though. Um, I, when I was going out with Tina, she, who I used to be engaged to long before in the early nineties. Um, she, we, Paul and I were just about to gear up to do our first film together. And she did the, again, she was a bit disapproving of this. And although she was going to be part of it, she wasn't really interested in it. And I was much more interested. I've realized when I was much more interested in doing the film than I was saving my relationship, that this isn't the way I should go. Um, So, but the first thing I did when I got married was make a film. Um, Because I I just wanted to prove that I could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that Ali, although she's never really, although she, she, I think she's been an extra in two of the things that I've done, she, she's never really been interested in the creative, that creative side, but she is quite happy to let me get on with it. And mm-hmm. there's a world of difference between that. If you've got somebody that's actually going to be obstructive about it, um, that does cause problems. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know that if I'm not being creative, then I'll be very grumpy, which is why I've never not done something creative because yeah. you know if any, uh, no, nobody's seen how grumpy I might become because I've never let myself uh, be in that situation but it's a bit like yeah. uh, you know um, I'm the happier when I've got something creative on the go or if I've got something creative to look forward to um, and that that's what's got me through COVID but I think with me um, the technology I suppose is what yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, I, I'm nostalgic about the 70s and 80s, but it cannot be denied that there is there is gadgetry and there's things in element that in, the, in my life now that I just couldn't, I would not, I would have killed for back then. Um, oh. oh, this is a gadget here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would have absolutely loved to have um, had one of those um, back, back, uh, back in the... I mean, the things I could have done with this little gizmo in the 80s uh, mm-hmm. that would have been a lot more subtle. I was taking tape recorders to parties, making a complete tit of myself. But 
um, <laughs> I, with this little fella, they would never have known. You know, and I could, I've probably got lots of recordings that could be considered legal now, but um, uh, it, it was. But yeah, uh, the technology and also, you know, um, I, I moved through the 70s and 80s wanting a girlfriend and I've been married for 17 years. So uh, there's that too. You know, there's, there's, there's something that's something that I didn't have then, but I have now. So really, um, and I've, I'm, I'm living in a nice place. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there, there is definitely things that, that um, I think are, are good now that, you know, that we didn't have back then. Mm-hmm. Um like like everyone else in the human race, I just want to have my cake and eat it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll second the technology aspect because um, I, I couldn't really do what I love doing right now as quickly and easily as I can do it. I mean, yeah. sure, I could have reel-to-reel audio tape and I could actually splice it and then tape it together and use multi-track player and blah, 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 but but you know it sure is easier uh digitally yeah. i just did a, an entire yeah. <clears throat> mock up of a of an hour long radio show <clears throat> from the 40s and uh i put all the elements together and it would have taken months if i, if I had been using old technology yeah and it's like the dvds i mean you know i in the 80s um, I, we were Paul and I were busting a gut to get audio copies of of Doctor Who's that you can now casually sling on on DVD, you know. And, they, and we were we were really kind of working hard to uh, to get copies of things, uh, mm-hmm. which now you know you can slip on with ease, and it, it would have absolutely blown me away uh, back then, you know, if, we, if we'd known not. We'd just, and it, actually, I was one little side thing I was thinking of. Um, the, the recordings I used to make of Doctor Who, where I used to hush everybody and, and get recorded, I did that for seven <laughs> years. And I was thinking, if I had known that, you know, the videos were coming out, the DVDs were coming out, I could have a perfectly smooth recording. I wouldn't have told people to shut up. I would have actually kept those recordings of saying, oh, look at that. Oh, look at this. And <laughs> people laughing. And having to almost mask tape my friend's face uh, during enlightenment because we were laughing so much at the black guardians overacting um, oh, and you know we were kind of really pissing ourselves and and and, and we would have I mean, we should have just let it go and and kept those recordings and and and, and just um wait waited for perfection later on yeah, um, but you definitely you never think that way when you're a kid you, th- yeah. you know at the time you thought oh, this is the last chance i'm going to get to to record this unless yeah just a million to one chance they might actually repeat it in the summer or something. Um, but I, I would have embraced that, that sort of um, homemade side of it. Um, uh, looking back, I should have done that. And, and I would have uh, not hacked off, you know, instead of hacking everybody off by telling them to shut up and, and cutting off the world for half an hour each, each time. Doctor Who was on. Well, guys, uh, thank you very much. We're running out of time now, but it's been great talking about this. I'm sure we, yeah. can, um, we could do it again um, at some other point. It's been good to get you both together as well. It's been lovely. Yeah, it's nice working with you, Toppy. Same here. Uh, good yeah, to be brilliant. with you all. Let's, let's do it again soon. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, thanks for listening, listeners. We'll be back again soon. And uh, goodbye for now. Goodbye. Bye.
Hi Ryan, it's me, Paul the Shayetti. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? Oh, I'm all right. Um, look, I, I, I'm here for two reasons. Two reasons. Um, and one of them is to do with a, a friend of mine, August Evans. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he's an artist. Did, did you remember I sent you that email with those um, photos attached, uh, some of his artwork? Um, I, yes, I, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wondered, you know, we, he, he, times are hard and, and we're, we're, we're helping him. He's, he's gone through quite a lot. And I just wondered whether you thought his artwork would be appropriate for sort of being included in some sort of comic book project or um, what do you think? I think he's pretty good, but some of my, some of my colleagues are a bit um, sceptical. I mean, it was definitely interesting. It mm. all felt a little blue. Mm. yeah yeah i'm I'm sure if we tried hard enough we could probably find something for him to do comic books are a pretty pretty diverse industry yeah that's what i thought um well it's worth keep it's worth keeping in mind i i i i you know i'm i was kind of thinking maybe we could uh do an exhibition if he if he draws enough he's been drawing the co-hosts and um you know some of them are kind of recognizably the people he's drawing and some of them are sort of sort of circles and squares and 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 he's sort of says it's their, their inner karma and things like that so he, he's i think he's you know i think he has got potential we're just trying to find out exactly what but um i, I, I thank you for your opinion because I, I i you know i feel because you, you you know your stuff so um i i i just uh, it, it does help to have you know, somebody who, who's a bit of an expert on the subject um well look the other thing i'm here for is that i'm <sighs> trying to raise some money for a uh, a charity i'm involved in it's called mm-hmm. the 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 pod the, the podcasters uh, pod fading charity so it's like oh, like retired or or um or sort of podcasters who are on the wane whose shows are kind of slipping into obscurity and you know that everyone's you know going for a lot at the moment but I, i'm particularly uh, you know trying to support my fellow podcasters so anyway we're doing a raffle and um i just wondered if you buy a raffle ticket some good prizes um, you, it's only like uh, five dollars a ticket Ooh, i mean i'm absolutely terrible with luck wise and i never win raffles but sure i'll give you some money for raffle tickets oh thank you you're, you're great cheers um and as i say the the i think the, the prizes are quite good that there's there's a few sort of um sort of second and third prizes but i believe that the the, the well i can't say too much but the first prize is going to be amazing but uh, anyway obviously <laughs> who knows who's going to win who knows but uh, well maybe i will maybe this uh, will be my day maybe yeah yeah that would be, uh, that would be cool anyway well thank you so much thank you right um let me get these tickets out there i can send you them as an e-ticket and uh, yeah right to, uh, yeah. And, and fading down yeah. <laughs> cool. right. okay. i gotta go now This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Ooh, such mysteries. He's crazy. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice.
You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Hi, Ryan, is it you? It's me, Paul the Shayetti. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. I'm, I'm doing good. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. I, 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 I'll cut to the chase because I've, I've, I've got some very good news for you. Do you remember buying tickets for that raffle the other day? Um, I do. Yeah, well, um, I have the most exciting news uh, because you won. You absolutely I won? You won it, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, uh, the prize is quite exciting. Um, I I. I, I, I'm going to look into the, the logistics of it all, um, but I, are you okay about going into space? I am. Conveniently, I actually have a spacesuit behind me in the closet, awesome. so I'm ready to go. Great, great. Well, I'll speak to my co-host, Ick, um, and he, he, he'll he be driving, but I'll, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll come with you as well. I, I just want to kind of find out exactly where it's safe to travel at the moment, and uh, um, I... I I was I was kind of thinking that possibly um, you, maybe you'd be interested in perhaps I don't know um, some sort of comic mart or something, but uh, somewhere we could get some sort of rare merchandise from another planet and you could bring it back and you know that, that I, I thought that might be quite obviously we'll see some sites as well. Oh, that does sound exciting. Yeah, so I'll ask you if that's possible. I don't know where the um, I don't know where the sort of next you know w- which planets are doing comic marts at the moment, but I'm sure I'm sure that they'll be out there. But anyway, um, I'll speak to Ick and I'll get back to you. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do that in the next um, a few days. Well, um, um, well done. Excellent. We'll, we'll talk to you soon then. Yeah, talk to you soon. Cool. Toppy and I went into space on news on Christmas Day. Oh, was it nice? Was, it, was it, the weather was. all right? <laughs> it was. It, it was. There was a buffet. It uh, laid on a buffet. He squashed it all. It's so uh-huh. annoying. Who said aliens <laughs> don't know how to how to uh, um, entertain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, It was all unidentifiable foods, but uh, I let Paul. I, I let Paul taste them first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, all very well. Well, as I say, he has exotic tastes. And I, my, I've, I've got a slightly spicier palate than my dear old dad used to have. I mean, uh, he was, you know, if anything with a slightly foreign name, he would... That's it. No, I, I, with pizzas. Um, they're not pizzas. What am I talking about? Uh, curries. Um, that, uh, I, I, he wouldn't have uh, touched a curry. Uh, but no, I love them. So what I thought we'd talk about would be sort of things that you particularly remember about the seventies and eighties, and just things that are particularly maybe things, and we might end up, which might end up sort of um, compa- comparison across the pond and type stuff as well. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I don't think we can talk about 
the, the I don't think we can talk about the sixties because because I wasn't there and you were you were only there for about a year, Nick. So. I yeah. So they they, they say you can't if you can remember the sixties, you weren't there. Well, I can't. So I, and I was, um, but only for fourteen months. We could ask. Um, Top, we could ask Toppy if he remembers anything um, oh particular. But, I remember uh, a lot. Ah, the sixties were overrated, anyways. <laughs> um. I'll do an introduction and we'll do it as a whole a, a whole piece. Um, uh, I've become recording now. Okay, okay. I've got the thingy recording as well. Thank you very much. 